to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Habili off the Caesar. Now he puts a kick out. Croak is there against. Oh, Jared Join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Yes, welcome to another podcast, the official Camp Raiders podcast. I'm Raider Nick and joining me once again is the Behind the Limelight panel. Ben Pollock, Tommy Logan, g'day boys. G'day Nick. Hey Nick, how are you mate? Now, good. I wasn't that good on Sunday night though. I was a little bit uh, disappointed with the loss. We've been going so well and that winning feeling is such so addictive. We got beaten by a team more hungry, let's just say. I mean, Ricky spoke, let's just get straight into the game. Ricky spoke about it, Manly going to come here and, and upset us and really put the bait out for us to play that kind of scrappy style of football. After a good start, 12-0, I thought, wow, how good we're on. We, we are, we've gone from here to here, Jackie White on fire. But full credit to Manly, the likes of Lachlan Croker and our, our good mate, old Jolly Thompson. They got us that day, they got us. They, they were very good and they were very hungry and they, they basically, as Ricky said, outplayed us. They were very strong down the middle third of the, uh, the ground. Um, obviously, both teams were disrupted with injury. Manly lost Coruscant, Cherry Evans, which is massive for them. Um, and we lost Jordan Rapiner, which um, forced a little bit of a reshuffle before and then again after halftime. So a couple of changes there. So it wasn't ideal, but, you know, you've got to overcome these sort of adversities in footy. Mm. And unfortunately, um, we just couldn't get the job done. I thought Manly were really good uh, in their second phase play. They were able to get plenty of offloads away, which probably um, hasn't us. something that hasn't happened to it a lot this year. We've been yeah. pretty tight in that respect. But... Um, you know, it was really good to see um, and Jack White and play well. Um, and he's been getting better and better each week. The first two tries were purely down to him. One was a, a line break, which he which he made himself and went away. And the second was a beautiful cutout pass, which set it up. So um, great tackle. to see him going so well. And to show that confidence, to see the vision on the last tackle, he saw the overlap. He went blindside. And it was shades of the 91 grand final. Support inside and out. Who wants it? Back to the guy that set it up. And for him to go back to back, it was just happy days at 12-0 up. Calling the game over there at Greaters Can Go. And it was loud. It was a party there. But as you mentioned, Manly were really hungry. They, they found their way back into the football game. And on the, we spoke about the danger of Daly Cherry Evans. He, ca- he, he gets carried off. Mm. And they found something to win. Yeah, I think they even had something similar happen to them a few weeks ago. They lost, uh, I think it was when they lost Tom Trebojevic against the Rabbitohs. But you could see mm. that the rest of the team really sort of just took it to that next level. You know, they thought, okay, well, we've lost one of our best players. What are we going to do about it? And that's exactly how they responded against us. Des and Ricky are similar coaches in that they're real player coaches. Like they, they really get a lot out of their sides. Yeah. Um, and, and the guys want to play for them. Um, and, you know, to the Manly's credit, they had a lot of young blokes in that team who obviously – um, wanted to make an impact and Sunday afternoon at Brookvale probably didn't get the penalty count in our favour knew, knew that probably wouldn't happen but 13-5 wasn't ideal um, that puts you on the back foot I mean, we, we gave away some penalties at the back end of sets that, are, that is just massively costly and uh, um, probably some decisions on the day that we um, would like to have again you know like do you take the two points just before half time yeah. it's one of those things that you know you, you can look at it in hindsight um, but at the end of the day, we didn't get the win. Um, and they're all lessons learned. What we need to do now is how we handle it going forward. Well, Ricky spoke about in the press conference. He's been really big on how we handle these wins. And, and now it's about handling, handling the losses and keep moving forward. A question I want to ask you is both. You were both out there. It's You are probably in a better position to say because you are there on the sideline amongst the camp feeling everything. They talk about the two teams, the Storm Roosters, after being up for so long after six weeks. There's always time for a flat spot. Did you feel we had our flat spot on the weekend, especially in that second half? 
hard it's to, a cop out. It's but hard to say. Um, I wouldn't know if it was a flat spot. I just thought that um, there was some probably some um, parts of our game that we were out enthused um, and we probably made some errors which we haven't been making, um, not just with the ball but off the ball defensively. Mm. There was a couple of reads that went against us. A um, um, couple of times they opened us up through the middle off that second phase play that I talk about. Um, you know, There's a million ways you can cut it up and look at it. it like I said, it's not about how we lost it's about how we respond to that loss and it all comes down to the performance now against the Panthers yeah I think uh, that's probably well said to be honest and for me I think uh, when I saw this fixture at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon I was a bit sort of worried because that's when manly fans tend to come out and really well, you sort would of, know yeah well, <laughs> that's when manly they, boy <laughs> <laughs> no I'm green through and through mate but uh you could I, I think manly fans really thrive on those sort of sort of uh, time slots and Sunday afternoons, Brookie, you know, they they tend to thrive on those sort of matches and Look, that really motivates them. Well, players. you said it. You said last week, Brookville Oval doesn't do you no favours. No. And that was the case. Even to the point three times I counted, we got penalised on the last tackle three and That's three separate occasions. And those are, those are kill massive you any day of the week. Exactly right. It was good to see that... Um, uh, during our media appearances this week so far, a few of the guys have said that, look, you know, there was a point in that game where Manly could have put 20, 30 points on us and, and run away with it. But to our credit, we stayed in it until the last minute. I mean, we scored. We're in the fight the John whole time. Bateman, John Bateman um, set up that try for Charles Nickel Klockstad with you know just over a minute on the clock. We had no right to be in that game at that point because we were outplayed in the previous 20 minutes. But they just stuck in there. They were determined. And in the end, we lost by four points. Um, but you know there was no reason why we couldn't have snatched it at the death. So the, the effort's still there at the 80th minute, and that's what you want to see. What's an update on on Jordan? Yeah, it looks as though Jordan's going to miss two to three weeks with that rib injury, rib cartilage problem. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a risk taking him into a game. Uh, if he does it again, then obviously um, your interchange is affected and also your your bench rotation and, and where your players are playing. So, look, I think Ricky's erred on the side of caution at this point in the season. Um, gives Bailey Simonson an opportunity to come in. He was fantastic on his debut. Mm. He's been absolutely killing it for Mounties. He's been one of, if not their best, playing fullback for them. So he's getting plenty of minutes under his belt. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for Bailey. I mean, he can come in and and, and really continue his uh, upward rise on his career. Speaking about that, the team, Ricky just announced uh, that's the one change, but there's also a change on the bench. Yeah, a couple of changes on the bench. He's um, he's brought uh, Corey Horsburgh and Hudson Young back onto the bench. Um, obviously, Jack Murchie and Emre Gula had an opportunity on the weekend. He's just decided to go with those guys who um, who have been proven over the last few weeks, and uh, it's a chance for them once again to to come in and, and play some big minutes. Um, we know what they bring. They bring aggression. They bring energy. Um, and there's a couple of guys there that um, you know, as we've spoken about all year. Um, that need to play, keep playing good footy to keep staying in first grade and, uh, you know, good on them. Well, exciting times, of course. Another home game, round eight of the NRL. Home game, we take it to Wagga. Yep. How's it been for you guys? I know he's been very busy down here at Raiders HQ yeah. getting ready for, for a home away game. How's it all going? It's exciting, exciting prospect. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, match day sponsor, MTAA Super, um, bring you the game from out at Wagga Wagga in partnership with the Wagga City Council and Destination New South Wales. It's a wonderful opportunity to go out there and, and showcase the NRL to the bush. We know we've got a huge supporter base from out that way, the Riverina, surrounding regions. Um, we've had a number of players come from that region into our system over the years. Um, I'm just excited. I mean, I'm from, I, I'm from out that way. Tom's from out that way. Um, it's just great to be going out there and, and giving something back to the bush, and I can't wait to get out there. Good to see Viking Ambassador David Barnhill, of course, here at the club, 
played every single game for the Raiders in season 1991. We lost him to St George, went to the Roosters, but had a great career. It's good to see him still excited about Raiders stuff again. Yeah, it's great to have Barney as the Viking ambassador. Tough forward back in the day as well. Um, that's one thing that's really exciting me about this clash this weekend. I'm really excited to see the forward packs go at it again. Previous clashes between the Raiders and Panthers have, have always been very aggressive, and I'm looking forward to seeing that continue on again. We spoke about off air about Manly being our bogey side. Penrith have been up here as well. They've, they've got the chocolates against us a few times last two seasons and they're a desperate footy team with a really healthy roster. Very, very, game. very, very similar situation um, heading into the Broncos game, I think. You know, Broncos had their backs against the wall and we expected them to come out perform. Even last week, the same same thing. I mean, you never get an easy game, but it doesn't get any easier this weekend. As you said, Penrith, although they haven't been winning, last weekend was probably one of their best performances of the year. So they're going to come firing um, they've got the New South Wales halves in Cleary and Maloney. Well, I don't like Brad Fittler saying that if it was picked to Murray, I wouldn't pick those two. That's right, exactly. So right. There's a, bit a of massive motivation. point That's to right. prove. They've got a bloke on the edge <laughs> by the name of Bill Kickow, Philly oh. uh, Army Kickow. He is an absolute monster. Oh. And he'll be running at John Bateman. I'm looking forward to that contest. Mm. Um, there's well, a, let's hope it's Bateman and not Sam Williams. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Johnny <laughs> will get in there and, uh, and get in there in front of him first. But um, like you said, middle of the park, Tom, um, you know, the, the forwards, Tarmel, Regan, Regan Campbell, Gillard. Um, coming at you down through the middle. They've got um, some good rep players. They've got plenty of, plenty of good players. They probably are not where they want to be. They're, they were expected to be a top eight, if not top 14. And they'll play with confidence. They've beaten this the last couple of, to- couple of times. So they'll come into this fixture knowing, you know, we can get these guys. Yeah, I thought they were pretty unlucky actually against the Rabbitohs on Friday night. They had sort of the Rabbitohs on the back foot for most of that contest, but the Rabbitohs, credit to them, they just sort of shut the gate and really held out the Panthers who have – or coming towards a bit of a fast finish. So we'll have to be careful, but if we can show our form that we have in previous weeks, I'm confident we, the boys can get the result. It's, uh, I can just say, I can claim last week, I said What'd Jack White for a try and a try assist. Well, you got two tries. So I've got two well, tries. I'll, I'll, we'll, um, pay that. we'll pay that one. I haven't even thought about this week. I'm going to stick with my one from last week. I said Elliot Whitehead to score. He didn't get there last week, but I think this is the week he'll get over the line. So I'm going Elliot Whitehead to score a try. Yeah, I'm going to go with a bit of a bit of a rough one here. This is going to be uh, big if it pulls off, but I reckon Nick Kotrick's going to bag himself a double. A double for Nicky. For me, Bailey Simonson. I think he'll find the try line at least once. Mm. Talking a, to him next too, so we'll see what he's up. He's, he's got a 100% try-scoring record at NRL, so hopefully that can continue. Let's see how we go. And joining us for the first time on the Behind the Limelight podcast, Mr. Bailey Simonson. G'day, mate. Hey there, how are you going? Thanks for having me. I'm good, mate. Uh, a question I ask all the boys now. I'm not going to say how you're finding Canberra because you've you've been a Canberra junior. You played there at uh, West Belconnen. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I played um, West Belconnen under 15s, so been here before. So yeah, nothing too new for me. Now the All Blacks. I've got to ask you about that. For kids growing through New Zealand, some of their their biggest aspirations is to be an All Black, and in some capacity, you've been an All Black at the sevens format. How did that happen? Yeah, so it's not, I guess, the All Blacks team that everyone would know, but it is a Sevens team, which is which is still cool. But um, basically, when I finished school, I went over to New Zealand and played. Finished school in Canberra. Uh, in Sydney. Sydney. Sydney? Yeah. I went over and played rugby there, and then I was fortunate enough to get picked up through through rugby programs there, and and have a year or two on the circuit with them. Yeah, mate, it was um, it's good fun, and we went and saw the 
there's a, I think there's a, I don't know if you put it together, the, the YouTube package, was that your doing? The, the little highlights package there? We found a YouTube package of you stepping and scoring and all that type of that stuff. That was his mum. No. That, <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a lot of fun. And, and obviously the difference in the two games is the space that you have at that sevens level. Has it been an adjustment for you to, you know, come to the now NRL and adjust into a position where defence is such a massive focus and you don't have the space that you what you would in a game like sevens or even in um, playing for Mounties and things like that. It's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, sevens is such a like razzle-dazzle game and you just sort of throw the ball around and, and have a bit of fun. But I think a couple of times in training too, maybe sticks got up me a bit for <laughs> just holding the ball instead of trying to go for the offloads or whatever. But um, yeah, no, nah, it is an adjustment in, in aspects of getting back to just um, the grind of a mm. top flight league but in saying that I, I think I've been able to adjust quite well because in that seven stuff that's all year round and it's almost like rugby's version of like 2020 cricket mm. you've yeah. got you, you got your full version 13 aside then you've got sevens it's so a party I'm, wherever you go to party. what's yeah. it like as a player but as because an attacker every, yeah I know because the, in terms of actually playing the game like yeah. everywhere you go that it has hosts those sevens tournaments it's a mad party do the players yeah. just have to like pull themselves back and look after themselves or are you allowed to let loose here? it's only seven minutes each side <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry too much no, they're, there's they're no warm ups or nothing a, yeah there's a party scene like um, everyone's got like DJs and it goes off a bit in the crowds but obviously we're not up in the crowds yeah that's it exactly there, but that's but just the thing like with your attack it's, it's, it's an attacking game every time you get the ball you're trying to score yeah. so you bring that kind of attacking mentality to the 13 side or to the 15 side whatever union league you talk about Ricky having to pull you back of you know when you go down with the ball and whatnot, but that's almost like a positive that you know you get the ball you always want to score so does that attacking mentality, do you still have that in, in today's game? Do you bring that to the Mounties? Would you bring that this weekend? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just Without about, getting in trouble? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I think it's just about picking the right times because, like, as I said before, it's a different game and you've got to complete your sets and get your kick in that. But um, I think the type of player I am, like, if I sort of get an opportunity, I like to have a go and back myself. But um, in spades, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Why not? What, what I love about your story since you've been back here is the fact that you – you were able to get yourself firstly into the training trial squad. Then you secured a development contract. Then you went along and secured a top 30 contract. Then you got to make your debut in round one. So you're being rewarded for obviously a good effort and a good preseason. Was that for you um, sort of the goal is to, to try and get yourself in? I mean, when you first came here, what were you thinking? What was your, what was your sort of thought process in, in where you wanted to be in 2019? Yeah, it is kind of crazy when you say it like that. But when I... Um, first first came back over I was sort of just wanting to get back into rugby league and, and an opportunity came up obviously here at the Raiders to come um, for the pre-season and, and sort of see where that took me and I I was lucky enough to as you said um, get rewarded with a development deal and I, I sort of thought that that would be my what I'd have for this season and then fortunately enough I got elevated to the top 30 and then the debut in round one was pretty crazy like if someone had told me yeah. start of November when I rocked up, you're going to play round one, I would have just been like, you're, cra- you're off your head. That was such a good night too, obviously, for yourself. You made your debut. I think we had like five guys playing their first game for yeah. the club that night. It was such a such an, an amazing experience and it was bucketing down rain. You're playing on the wing. Mm. Um, obviously, you know the ball slipped really, but you guys were, were on that night and it was a, a great performance. It, it's got to be something that sticks out in your memory to, to perform so well. You scored a try. 
Um, it's a hell of a debut for you. Yeah, no, it was a. Cra- I still remember driving to the ground from the hotel and it just started pouring. It was down. crazy. We went from yeah. nothing to bucketing in yeah. the space of twenty seconds. Yeah, and I was just thinking to myself, like, far out here we go. This is going to be one of those days for, especially you know, debut was an outside back. You go from such a high uh, to the reality check of having a, an international player in Jordan Rappin yeah. coming back into the side. All of a sudden, you, you're told, um, look. You did well. Well done. We won twenty-one nil. You've done nothing wrong, but yeah, unfortunately, you won't be in the team next week. How do you handle that? Yeah, no, it was. I guess that's just footy, and and especially like rapper being who he is in the game, like the best wing in, in my opinion in the game. Like I always knew that when he don't tell it, always, don't say that. Yeah, out loud. <laughs> I always knew when he was ready to go that um, that right wing spot would be his to come back into. But yeah, obviously it's disappointing. But I still just. Um, Sticky just said to me, just keep working hard and I'll, I'll get another shot. So, yeah. And you got one now, which is great. Yeah. It's Back in this weekend. Out. So just a question about playing your first grade there, uh, your first first grade game there, Bailey. What is the young Bailey walking off the field after goal casing and what a total whirlwind of events happening, as, as Ben mentioned. You get extended roster, extended roster, you, know, you live to fight another roster and all of a sudden you're running out. You walk off that field after you know keeping a team scoreless. Very, very tidy. You're back three there in the wet. And to score a try, that would have been a really good fuzzy feeling for you. Yeah, no, it was just a, it was just an awesome feeling to be able to um, finally make my debut and, and get the result for the boys and have my family up there too was cool. And yeah, no, it was just I think everyone dreams to play NRL and debut, so it was just a surreal feeling. Does your old man give you much tips? Of course, he had a great uh, career there at North Sydney Bears <laughs> yeah. under the fig tree back at there, North Sydney Oval. Yeah, Playing against yeah, Sticky yeah. in that back in the day, <laughs> yeah. does he get, does he get involved much? Nah, he's pretty laid back. He just. Sort of lets me do my own thing. And, but well, you've beaten him in regards to your length of your, your NRL career. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'll probably have to tell him that one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, the, the thing I love about the, the squad at the moment, we talk about this on the podcast every week, is that the depth in the squad and the players that can come in and you, you just know they're going to do a job and, and play well when they come in. And the reason for part of that, I suppose, is the success of Mounties. I mean, the guys are undefeated. They've had one draw. They've won every other game. You've been a big part of that. I think there was a game a few weeks ago where you scored four tries, set a handful up. Do you get much confidence out of performances like that? Yeah, I think, like you touched on, we've, we've got a really strong Mounties team there, which which stems off the back of having a really strong Raiders squad, which the coaching staff always talks about. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been good to be able to play some good footy for the Mounties, and, and it, it definitely does give you confidence that when you when you go back up, you've got um, footy under your belt and, and you're good to go. Yeah, well, that, I think that adds to it, though. Like, if you don't get picked in the main game, you're going back to a team that's coming first. So you're going to need, you need to maintain yeah, that position. Right. And you need to maintain form if form. you want to be in selection mode and, for the next game. And teams coming up against the Mounties, they're going to be ready to – because, you know, use the, the benchmark, so everyone's going to be ready for you. So it's not like you're coming back to, yeah. to scratch, your, scratch your hips. You're there to keep the ball going for that top position. Yeah, like, like you said too. And, and it's a important competition too in itself, I yep. think, the Canterbury Cup. Like we, we want to be successful there just as much as everyone there. Like the goal is to – progress and, and become consistent NRL players, you still want to be winning and, and doing well there. Yeah, sure. young outside, young, every, not everyone, but the majority of young outside backs that get an opportunity in first grade, get get it on the wing to start with. That's sort of where they come in and get an opportunity, which you've done. It, you play fullback for Mounties uh, in those other games. What's your preferred position? Where would you like to be long term? Uh, yeah, I've been playing fullback uh, for the Mounties, but I uh, I do like playing fullback, probably just getting more involved in the game and and can have more of an influence on the game, I think. But um like talker. Yeah. Sometimes talk a bit too much, I think. <laughs> but I think the um, 
yeah, like you said, coming in on the wing is just—it's good to just sort of find your feet at that level yep. and get a bit of confidence there, and and just get back in the swing. What is the difference, though? What's the difference between a hit up in the Canary Cup opposed to NRL? What's the difference in between making a tackle, especially being a winger doing those carries out of traffic? Like, it must be like a car accident each hit up <laughs> NRL level compared yeah, to the no, Mavs. I still remember that first game I had had a run, and I remember the thing was Shannon Boyd come out and come out and just line me up and <laughs> sent me about five meters. But is yeah, that I overwhelming. Think, no, I think in the moment you're just focusing on your job. But, but you know what's well, this is level up here. Yeah, it's, it was definitely level up. Don't get me wrong, but I think in saying that, the main thing for me is just the speed of the game, which is probably the such a tough, fast pace in the NRL. But um, Mounties are still very physical, as as you mm. say. There's still a lot of quality players running around. The, the thing I notice about the game these days is that every play is an absolute competition. Mm. doesn't matter whereabouts on the field it is. It's like you've got to scrap and fight for every inch. We saw on the weekend Raps made that tackle on George Tafua mm. where, where, where he injured his ribs. But George Tafua, you know, even two years ago, scores that try easily. But yeah. every, every play is a contest. You've got to work so hard to score a try in this game. It's, as an attacking player... Uh, you know, is that something that you have to work on? Just your finishing. I mean, we see the guy. I've seen the guys out there before. You, you're practicing. You know, scoring tries in the corner and and getting the ball down because it's so hard to do. You, you, you the opportunities don't come along that many times during a game. Yeah, I think as a as a winger these days, like you, some of the finishes you see the boys doing is pretty crazy. So it's it's important definitely to um, be able to finish those opportunities that the team creates. Um, yeah, in terms of like practicing and stuff like that, it's hard to sort of emulate those yeah. situations. It's just a skill set, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, just sort of it's greater than modern game. Like we, that, those tries weren't being scored in the eighties and nineties, and we're no. seeing those Superman efforts. I always ask rapper because rapper Nikki, they're great at it. And I used to ask rapper, is it from all the basketball you're playing out there? Because <laughs> some of it probably is. Because well, the, it's, the, it, the hoop's it, gone now. Why is it gone? Just too many, too that. many, uh, yeah. too many uh, potential injury risks. <laughs> Who's yeah, call yeah, was hoops, that? The hoops down. But it's it shows the modern game. Ever since they that rule about the corner post not being if you touch it's not being yeah. part of in goal anymore. There's some amazing efforts that, that these wingers are doing. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the coolest rule changes is that taking that corner post out of play because it just lets um, people I guess just show the athleticism and just yeah, it's pretty great. cool tries. Yeah, it's your first home game this weekend, but it's in Wagga. That's yeah. a bit <laughs> bit different for you. Obviously, we've got the game out there, so um, it's your first home game, and you get to play it at a regional centre. So something a little bit different um, in front of the Raiders fans for the first time. First fire can clap. Yeah, no, it's 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 cool in a way to. I like I like the idea of getting to those sort of rural communities and playing some footy there. But as much as it would have been nice to run out in um, Gio Stadium. Um, have to maybe wait another time. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like I said, the depth is in the team. You got Michael Oldfield there. Yeah, it's a potentially could have come in on the weekend. So yeah. once again, it's a good show of faith in the coaching staff and um, something that you you pretty can be pretty proud of the effort that you've put in so far. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good reward to get um the nod this weekend. I think Oldie's Oldie's also just come back from um a few injuries and in that mm. throughout the start of the season, and and he's played the last couple of games and Mountie's and gone really well too. So. It, Definitely shows we've got a lot of depth um, yeah. in the outside backs. Yeah. Well, mate, looking forward to it. All the best. We're on the road to Wagga a little bit later this week. Um, hopefully you can get a couple of tries out there and continue your run and, and hopefully play some good footy. Yeah, look forward to it. Cheers. Good luck, Bailey. Thank you. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. 
This week we speak to Canberra Raiders strapping back rower of the 80s, early 90s, and he was part of the Queensland contingency arriving to the club in 1986, and his performances for the Greenish Sheet led to multiple appearances for the Queensland State of Origin side. Inducted in the Canberra Raiders Hall of Fame this year, we go back in time to 89 with Raider number 74, Gary Coyne. Gary Coyne, of course, uh, you're part of that Raiders contingency, that fleet of uh, Maroons coming to the club in 86. 87, you play in the grand final against Manly. 88, we fall short. Brings us to 89 now. And what a day that was. What was your recollection of the week leading up to 89? And it was like yourself and Mal were experienced knowing what happened in 87 with all that fanfare. You guys led from the front to control the whole group, yeah? Yeah, I think so, mate. I think, speaking of Mal and Gary, um, you know, we came from the Brisbane competition, which was a very strong competition at its time. And um, Gary and Mal played for South, and I was with Winner Manly, uh, two two very strong teams themselves and we played each other in 80, in the 84 grand final where we won and they beat us in 85 before we came down to Canberra and um, so you know we had, we, had a, we had a taste of the so-called big time grand final experience and everything uh, in the Brisbane competition so to get to 87 uh, and and just realise the euphoria was happening uh, in, in the town and where the players were going to and where the mines are at, it was just, uh, yeah, you, you couldn't control it. So when it, by the time it came around, 88 was the most disappointing year. The last, the, One of the last memories and conversations I had with Arthur Beetson, the great Artie Beetson, he said, if any team mucked up a grand final uh, winning year, it was you guys in 88. And, and, and it just never left me. And... Um, that was striking coming from a guy who uh, who was one of my idols, yeah. and um, and then of course the Queensland uh, State of Origin coach. So when it came to '89 and we had a sniff, um, I think you really saw the real leader in the, in Melbourne Inga stepping up to the plate and um, basically taking charge, mate. You know, what's the whole spectrum of emotion? Because I know it'd been very emotional for you guys out there. Well, it was. The emotion started at half time. It was very frustrating because we all believed, and I honestly believed in ourselves. I remember distinctly talking about it with Tim and the other players that we thought we were the better team at half time, but we were down by eight points, I think. Mm. Um, and we hadn't scored a try, so it became very frustrating. So Tim basically had to, you know, I remember Tim having to settle, you know, some of us down or most of us down and just realise and say, you know, we are, if we are the better team, we'll, we'll win in the second half, and that's what we did. We, we were always confident that um, that we were the better team, but when we win the game uh, was the other thing, of course. But you know, I, when Chicka scored that try, um, I knew I, I still knew that we had a fair a fair crack at it if Mal could kick the goal, because Mal still had to kick the goal to draw the to draw the fourteen all thing it was. The most nervous and the most frustrating and 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 all the emotions, so to speak, that. That I that I was personally going through was seeing that Mal line that kick up to kick the ball because believe it or not I was an ex goal kicker one of my junior days and even my early days in in, um, in Winter Manly I used to kick goals and okay. so I knew exactly what Mal was going through I hadn't been in that situation where you're kicking kicking a goal to uh, to draw a grand final and then our real grand final but I had been in that position and I, I understand what he would have been going through the emotions. And all he wanted to do, and he speaks about it today, all he wanted to do was put his head down and go straight through the ball, which he did. Yeah. Uh, don't think of it. Don't think of it too much. You can't overthink these things. You just got to believe in yourself and your and your own ability and get it done. And that's what he did. And and I just knew then straight away that we were going to win. But we were never in front. 
Yeah. As you know. Well, never in front. How's it feeling for you there, Coiny, when you win the game, you win the football game and all the celebration back here in Canberra, but then the Gary Coyne that, you know, that comes home and puts his bag down after all the celebrations and it's just you and your own thoughts. The guy that came to the club in 86, where you saw the Raiders as, as a bit of a spare parts team, as a bit of a... The professionalism wasn't there. Their confidence about winning games, especially on the road, wasn't there. But you, you bring in that kind of professionalism, that, that will to win, and then to go through and win the first premiership and be part of a team that's won for the first time out of Sydney. Oh, mate, I was just so, I was just so pleased and, and happy for, for the guys more than anything for, the, for what we went through, you know. Mm. Like I said, 80, 86 was, a, was a, a bit of a disaster year. It was a, it was a really uh, an eye-opening, uh, especially for me, uh, coming, like I said, where we come from. Mm. Um, 88 was, was, uh, was a mix of emotions. I think we're probably a little bit overconfident, especially after what happened in 87. Um, and uh, and not making the grand final, I think that was really disappointing. Come '89, when 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 like you say, and coming home and 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 trying to think about it, it was just a, I think it was just a, just a confirmation of saying you know job well done, um, yeah. and really satisfied that you know that we got a pretty good team here. We got a, not only we got a good team, we got a great club, and I can just see us going. I I actually got confidence if you believe it or not um out of the 89 win uh, not long after that win the weekend do this again and wow. we did and we could have done it again uh we could have went three in a row if we didn't have so many injuries in 91 so and yeah. i retired in 92 but mate it was just a feeling you had uh nick you know you, i just had this feeling of confidence and you know people you know in the inner circles we call it like an arrogance you know you mean you just get this arrogance about you you, you just feel like you're not going to lose yeah it's but, quite confidence. You know, you, you, yeah, it's just high in confidence. Do you take anything from the 89 grand final that you put to your life today? Oh, certainly, mate. It's never over till it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. Uh, what I do now uh, in, in my business life, um, I uh, it, it is about planning. It's about uh, setting goals and achieving Um we we did that. We you know, and Tim did that. We did a great job of uh, of working towards that, and that's why I think we, like I said, half time we've become a little bit frustrated half time, knowing that we were mm. the better team, but we were behind, and that just push forward, keep believing in yourself that you know that uh, you do everything right, you'll get the result, and that's what we did, and uh, and I do that today, mate. I do that with my family life. I do that with my business life. Um, it's just one of those things. If if you if you want to do it. And you put your mind to it, you can do it. And like I said, we not we not only did it in '89, we did it for a couple more years after that as well. So it was just great times, mate. I loved it. I'd do it again. Well, Gary Coyne, thank you very much for joining us. And you're a very busy man, boy, the busiest man in Australia. <laughs> we finally got you. Thanks for joining us as we go back in time to '89 on the Behind the Limelight podcast. Thanks, Nick. 